1: Welcome to the Fantasy Football Report here with a uh, true rising star in the industry, Jack Miller, former Rodoviz
2: writer, now currently at
1: Established the Run and NBC Sports Edge. Jack, how's it going?
2: I'm doing good. Doing good. Thanks for having me on. How are you?
1: I'm great. Uh, could have been a better day for me <laughs> overall, I guess, but uh, I'm happy with a lot of these big performances we saw. Um, you know, when you were... <sighs> when you were writing at Rotoviz, a lot of your stuff was focused on how valuable these pass catching backs tend to be. And that kind of uh, leads into this first item I want to talk about because one guy who had a really big game today, David Montgomery, 106 yards and two touchdowns, but he wasn't targeted. Um, Is David Montgomery someone that you own in a lot of teams? Is he someone you are comfortable playing? Uh, considering he doesn't catch passes? And do you think that this kind of performance is something we can kind of bank on if we do happen to roster him?
2: Uh, Well, I don't have Montgomery personally (laughs) on a lot of teams, but I I will say that I was a little optimistic about, or I, I am a little bit optimistic about it moving forward because he, in week three, he, ran 25 routes. Damian Williams ran five in week two. It was 22-8 to eight in Montgomery's favor. Week one, they were tied. But it, it has kind of been trending. I don't have the numbers for this week exactly. I know Justin Fields didn't throw a whole lot of passes, so maybe that factors into the zero targets for Montgomery. But he has been running a lot more routes than Williams. Um, he did get hurt at the end of today, so hopefully he's okay because it looked like it was going to be a pretty strong season for him if, he's, if he avoided a serious injury.
1: Yeah, yeah. you mentioned Justin Fields didn't throw a whole lot. Uh, only 17 attempts, but he did look quite a bit better, I think, in this game. Well, I mean, not quite a bit. He looked, you know, compared to week three, which was a disaster, this was a little bit encouraging. Are you, uh, Are you ready to say that week three is kind of just an aberration and Justin Fields will be fine? Or how much more do we need to see from him before we're confident?
2: I think it's definitely an aberration. I mean, it, it would have been hard for Fields not to be a lot better than what he did in week <laughs> three. I think Bears yeah. had a ridiculously low number of total yards. But yeah, I mean, he had 215 yards uh, on 18 passes, which is a great yards per attempt. He did only run three times. And I guess for fantasy purposes, the thesis was kind of, you know, he's going to run a lot. Maybe he'll have growing pains. So the lack of rushing volume is, is pretty concerning for fantasy purposes. But in terms of you know, long-term outlook, definitely you can feel much better about fields than you did after week one or after week three. Although obviously you don't want to just overreact to, to one, to a one game sample.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was good, to, I think, to see, you know, at least, at least that he wasn't a total disaster, like in week three. I mean, you saw also Trevor Lawrence be kind of just horrible in week three and then and then pick it back up in week four. So, I mean, it's, it's uh, tough to see these performances and kind of keep a, keep a straight head about it when they're, when they're so bad and you were expecting so much coming into the season, but um, sure. one person, yeah. One guy who we were expecting a lot of coming into the season and who did deliver today is uh, DJ Moore. I can't remember the exact stat line he had, but he's someone who uh, I know I own on a ton of my teams. I'm sure you do too. Um, yeah, I mean, this is this is here it is. 113 yards on 8 catches and two touchdowns. So, I mean, obviously we don't expect two touchdowns anymore, but I mean, is this the sort of stat line we should expect for more going forward? Is this the the real 300-point season breakout?
2: I hope so. I mean, that would be fantastic <laughs> for my teams and and it looks like it's going to be so far. I mean, the fun number, maybe not the very predictive number is the two touchdowns because he's had four touchdowns in each of the last two years and that's kind of been the knock on him is that you know Mm -hmm. he gets all these yards gets all these catches but he just can't score and now he has three touchdowns in four games the yards are there more than they've ever been i mean he's always had you know 1200 yard seasons um pretty reliably but he's on pace for even more than that this year so i say wheels up for dj Moore.
1: yeah absolutely um I mean, last season, you know, Robbie Anderson was getting a lot of those targets. He did have 11 today, but he wasn't really able to do as much with him. But, I mean, do you think that there's still a way with Darnold at quarterback for Moore and Robbie Anderson to kind of both have good seasons?
2: It's kind of tough because this year we're seeing, it. it, they really did like switch roles where last year it was more Mm -hmm. being kind of misutilized as the deep threat now Robbie Anderson who has historically been a deep threat is more in that role and then you you've got DJ Moore getting a bunch of targets McCaffrey when he's healthy he's going to get a bunch of targets so I don't think Anderson's like completely dust or anything I mean like you said he had 11 targets but it's definitely hard to be overly optimistic on his outlook moving forward I'd say because it it looks like DJ Moore's the alpha and then when McCaffrey's back he's going to command a significant target share too yeah
1: yeah uh yeah elsewhere in this game, the other guy that I was really interested to see play today, chuba Hubbard, he only had fifty seven yards. I think what's probably more concerning is that he only had two targets, and uh it was um Rodney Smith, who was targeted five times uh at running back. I mean, you know, we're all hoping McCaffrey is gonna come back uh sooner than than later, but uh are you? How are you handling this backfield? If you if you uh, need a running back for a spot start or looking for a zero RB candidate, is Hubbard still the guy, or are you kind of souring on him after this?
2: I think Chuba's got to be the guy. Although it's definitely not good that Rodney Smith had five targets. Um, I guess I'm gonna. I don't. I don't know the routes numbers. I don't know how many routes each of them ran. I don't know if it was just a fluke that you know the targets distributed that way. But yeah, I mean last week in week three when McCaffrey left early it was Chuba Hubbard getting all of those routes all of those targets and then so if that flipped this week definitely tough to be as optimistic about him although you know like you said McCaffrey hopefully one or two weeks away from returning and then he can get back to where he was
1: yeah um yeah I didn't see this game so I don't know I don't know what exactly might have happened and I don't have the routes numbers either but I mean, I guess you are happy if you have Hubbard that he got most of the carries in McCaffrey's absence. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's hard hard to really get excited about only two two targets when when Smith had five. So yeah, yeah. Um, definitely a tough situation, and we just hope uh, <laughs> just hope McCaffrey gets back. Um, yeah, on the other side of this game. You saw Amari Cooper make a, well, sort of a a stat line. He had a touchdown. He only caught, he only got three targets, though. Um, Is Amari Cooper someone you
2: think that, you know, you're comfortable starting the rest of the season? I'm comfortable starting him. I mean, only three targets. Dak only threw the ball 22 times, which... Maybe they're not as crazy pass heavy as they were last year, but still, I mean, you can expect a lot more than 22 attempts per game. And then Dalton Schultz had eight targets, and it does look like he's going to be a thing, but I don't think you can expect this kind of target distribution moving forward. I mean, Amari had three targets, C.D. Lamb had five. Like, I think, especially as long as Michael Gallup's out, like, those two are Dak's two primary targets, and it just kind of an unfortunate game for both of them um i guess amari had a good stat line but volume wise not what you hope for
1: yeah right yeah is i guess it's surprising that dak only threw the ball 22 times uh in a game that dallas you know the game was pretty close most of the way dallas only ended up winning uh by you know 36 28 i don't know i mean carolina kept it close from what i could tell but um is this concerning at all that they don't seem to they didn't seem to want to kind of push the pace in this game?
2: I think that might be a little bit more of a concern because outside of that first game against Tampa Bay, where um, I mean, the Bucks are kind of a, a pass funnel historically where you can't really run against them. And so it just leads to a bunch of pass attempts. And that's what we saw in week one. And it was super exciting. But over the past few weeks, it's been a lot more balanced of an approach and there's still targets to go around. Um, especially because so much of the offense is going to go through Amari and CD Lamb, but uh, the passing volume doesn't seem to be as insane as maybe we expected and as insane as it was last season.
1: Yeah. Um, I believe that Michael Gallup is eligible to return next week. So, um, you know, when he's back on the field, in the offense if we're not going to be seeing the huge passing volume we had in week one and uh last season are you know what are you doing with the other guys the other receivers there cd lamb and cooper are you uh, I would, that's got to lower their target share i would think yeah
2: right? it definitely will i i don't really know what they would go for right now in a trade i mean and it's so hard, like, I don't want to say trade them because they're such great <laughs> talent. So I think you kind of yeah. just, you hold and you hope for the best because C.D. Lamb, like all these guys, C.D. Lamb especially, is fantastic prospect, great year one. I mean, great, good start to year two. And Amari Cooper's been as reliable as they come for the better half of the last decade or whatever. So I think you just hold and there will be better days. I mean, this was just... 22 pass attempts, Dalton Schultz getting eight targets. Those things are not going to uh, hold moving forward. So I think better days are ahead.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. Um, another year two guy who I own on a ton of teams and was hoping to see more of and finally did is Jonathan Taylor, who got 103 yards and a touchdown this week. Um, I don't have the the target numbers in front of me right now, but I mean, is this uh Jonathan Taylor, someone I assume that you also have a lot of on your team. Are you happy with this stat line? Are you uh, ready to start him with confidence again? Or
2: I have little... I have like a solid amount. I was a little more worried about the targets here, and that that remains my concern. Kind of. There's Hassan. What's up, Hassan?
1: There he is. What's up, guys?
3: Sorry, I'm a little bit late. Uh, you know, had a had a great group project. Go over. We're crushing the class so shout out if any of my group mates are actually listening to this they're not if they ever listen to this they probably never will but uh it's been it's been great what's going on Jack thanks for just stopping by sorry for crashing the show
2: yeah for sure thanks for having me no all good um and no worries yeah we were just talking about uh Jonathan Taylor and finally had a touchdown today I mean he had a bu- it wasn't the, f- the funny thing is he's had so many goal line carries and converted like none of them and then he had a touchdown today and it wasn't a goal line carry but Good to see him find the end zone again. Um, Hines is still getting like his share of targets, and I think that's just kind of what you can expect. I mean, that's not to say Taylor's going to be a zero in the passing game because he's obviously not. But, um, yeah, so it's just kind of great to see Taylor finally have like a, a really good game. And I don't really want to overreact to this one game, just like I don't want to overreact to a bad game previously.
3: I think heinz actually wound up getting punished in this game for that fumble um like they really sort of were like uh you fumbled and it was kind of it wasn't it like uh and I, I didn't watch the game but i know it was actually a costly uh, it was a it was a costly fumble because after that he stopped getting any ru- running work taylor also out targeted him after that right They also like sort of a little bit of that like punishment type of thing um you know i i'd expect Wright calls it the hot hand approach but I mean, realistically, uh, you know, it is what it is. It was actually a punishment, right? Because Marlon Mack actually saw like ten carries in this, right? And that's like ridiculous, right? Like when you <laughs> see Marlon Mack gets a, gets him run, right? And like, like if this, like I know Marlon Mack, like, they want to trade him, but like this is not like a showcase that would have you know built up his value. Uh, I actually was curious if you guys had a chance to get around to talking about Miles um, Gaskin. Because he had like two rushes for three yards and like <laughs> just, just sort of gone, man. Like Malcolm Brown's
2: now the guy, but like none of these guys are putting up any numbers. Yeah, we did, we, we did not get to that. But I mean, it's definitely like concerning. Like I don't know how you can have any confidence in Gaskin. And it's annoying because it's like he's so much better than Malcolm Brown and I think Salvin Ahmed too. But he's just not getting the work. Brown had eight carries today. Brown got the start um salvin Ackman had two carries brown had or two targets sorry brown had one target and gaskin i don't even think recorded a target and that was kind of you know what you want for him like even if malcolm brown's getting the early down work you'd hope gaskin would get some targets and this is a game where the dolphins were losing jacoby Brissett had 30 attempts that's not a lot by any means but it's it's a fair amount and gaskin still had no targets so i i think you definitely have to be concerned about Gaskin, um, yeah, and that's pretty much where I'm at.
3: I'm, I'm actually worried about like the whole thing, right? Like I think Will mm-hmm. Fuller sort of is completely faded away from from what we were hoping for him to be. Uh, you know, you're still seeing um, Gasecki get a pretty good target load, and then today, you know, I mean, Parker saw most of the work. Uh, I was curious, what are your thoughts on on Brian Flores' game plan? Because it seems like he's the kind of super conservative coach who just sort of doesn't feel like really taking any kind of uh, aggression or any kind of initiative here. And This is kind of, you know, I mean, just sort of the worst of Brian Flores, right? Like, we saw issues like this with Tua as well, until he let let Tua throw the ball. Um, So I was curious about, you know, just your thoughts, what's going on here with, you know, Brian Flores' play calling, at least suboptimal play calling, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, I didn't watch this game. I think part of that has to be Brissette. And then Fuller did leave in the first quarter, so he had a hand injury or something, which is super unfortunate for, for stretching their their offense out. But this, I agree that, especially as long as Brissette's under center, that this offense is kind of handicapped.
1: Yeah. Yeah, do you know, I was watching another game, and I saw something, you know, crawl along the bottom of my screen that said, Waddle had, like, three catches for 33 yards in, like, the second quarter, and then I see that's what he ended up with. Um, Like, he didn't catch another pass the rest of the game. He only got four targets uh, after coming off 13 targets in week two. I mean, doesn't it make sense that they would try to get him the ball more after spending such a high pick on him?
2: You'd think so. I mean, it was weird (laughs) because, yeah, Waddle had three catches super early, and then... I don't remember the exact numbers, but I think Kasicki had zero catches at halftime and Devante Parker had maybe one. And then they, those guys just dominated the second half target share um, for no reason, really. I don't know. I don't know what happened with Waddle, but.
3: Yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit weird. I mean, so just to get, get back to a little bit on like the, the fins, like I saw a report earlier today that suggested Tua would be back on October the 17th. But, uh, so, you know, clearly the ceiling for the offense is a lot higher with two under center, but we haven't really seen that. And then, you know, I mean, you got hurt, right? So, I mean, uh, I was going to take this in a different direction. I guess my question for you is, is this one of those cases where, you know, how everyone was excited for the Browns or Baker and like, it's always feels like, you know, there were like a few years, a couple of, a few years too early, not even like one or two years, but like, a few before it became a thing. Do you think we're sort of in the same, it's st- the same stage with the Finns wherein, you know, you're, Sort of waiting just for this great step forward, this great leap forward, but it's not going to happen just just yet. It's going to be maybe two or three seasons before we see some sort of emergence from the team.
2: Yeah, I don't expect the Finns, like once Tua comes back, to be a great offense. I think that at least with Tua, they can be passable. And I think for some of their weapons, that's enough.
1: Well, uh, let's move on to a different game. Another huge performance. Tyreek Hill caught eleven of twelve targets for 186 yards and three touchdowns. Um, this is after he's been kind of quiet for a couple weeks, but I mean, you know, if you're a Chiefs fan or if you're a fan of good football and scoring points, then this has got to be a huge, a huge plus. Um obviously this is not sustainable, but I mean, should we give up on the McCall Hardman breakout?
2: <laughs> i don't want to say give up but i do think <laughs> that this offense runs through tyreek and kelsey to a greater extent that it did in previous years and um and so this like i think kelsey and hill are gonna have some like really stupid performances like the one tyreek did today and this was just one of them
3: yeah i mean one of the things that i think that's interesting about this team is um the efficiency the surgical precision with which they're able to get the ball you know like on offense is actually a bit of a detriment it kind of curbs upside for like everybody else right like this is a kind of an o- offense that kind of is concentrated in that like one or two guys are going to score like 95 percent plus of the points and that's it like like is just going to sort of starve right and if mccall mm-hmm. like and if it just so happens that you're going to see um uh, you know blake bell or any of these random tight ends and it's quite likely Travis Kelsey is gonna starve, right? Like it's just it's just the way this offense functions is they're really dangerous. They they don't they it's not mm-hmm. like you're you're playing pace up. I believe they're almost like a neutral pace to kind of like within the bottom 25th percentile of the league because of how teams actually try and slow it down. You don't want to get in a foot race with the Chiefs, because like that's just that's just inviting disaster. You wanna actually like opposing teams wanna try and slow it down to inject some of that variance back into the game. I mean, you know, like the last thing, uh, the last thing you want to, you want to actually like deal with is um, Patrick Mahomes, like nuking you for 80 yards. Like if you try to get in a foot race with him, right? Like, and, and, and the, and the chiefs clearly build this team for speed. I mean, like all these guys are fast outside of Kelsey, right? Like Bringle, Hardman, Tyreek. Um, It's why they brought in like Sammy Watkins, like. This is just it, the team. The team itself is built for speed. You're just not going to get the number of plays running it as you should. And the Eagles, like on the other hand, like kudos to them for you know trying. They kind of got absolutely like they got they they, they like this is the best we have seen Jalen Hurst play all year. And and even then, like it was just one of those like far too little, far too late type of things, right? I mean, like 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 uh, Mahomes had only 30 pass attempts. Hurst had 48. Right? like that just speaks to the kind of efficiency the chiefs had and then the chiefs have 32 rush attempts of at 200 yards and 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 the eagles only had 19 right so it is it, it it is interesting when because like in your mind's eye you think that the chiefs play fast they don't they just really they score fast and they get off the field really quickly
1: yeah yeah they maybe well right score fast but that means you don't run a lot of offensive plays um yeah i don't know i mean 30 30 attempts is definitely on the low end for mahomes so i think you would expect to see more targets for a lot of these guys you'd expect more than six targets for kelsey um but yeah i think that's exactly right though that this is outside of hill and kelsey there's not going to be a lot for for other guys
3: uh, i actually wanted to get jack's thoughts on 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 this a little bit so um, Kenneth Gainwell had that massive game today, right? Like he did, he did really, really well. Um, he rushed three, only three times, for 31 yards and he caught six of eight targets for 58 yards in week four, right? Like, so, you know, like, what are your thoughts here? Like, um, like talk to me a little bit about
2: like the, how do you see the split going between Sanders and, and Gainwell? I think what the Eagles do a lot of the time is when they get down, it's just Kenny Gainwell gets, gets most of the snaps. And that's kind of what happened today is the chiefs jumped out. And then they took, they put Kenny Gainwell in, and so Kenny Gainwell was the main guy. He had a huge game, and I think you definitely have to be. I I mean, obviously you're encouraged by Kenny Gainwell, and then Sanders. It's kind of a bad omen that as soon as they get down, it's it turns into the Kenny Gainwell show, and that's what we saw last week too. Is that I think Sanders had two carries or whatever, and the the Eagles were down a bunch the whole game to the Cowboys, and Gainwell played a whole bunch of snaps, so that's just kind of how it is and this is a team that probably will be in negative script a bunch of the time and so game is definitely i think a thing and then sanders that kind of chops off the ceiling a lot
3: yeah um and just as a follow-up so after last week like jalen rager was just uh, a ghost um as someone who actually tried to use him as a pivot play in dfs like um, I, you know, that, that worked out great if you wanted to brick all your teams. Um, so it was, it was, it was good in that, in that, in that regard, but I was curious, you know, like, what are your thoughts on, on Rager? Uh, you know, he's looked a little bit better, but I I wanted to get your thoughts and just sort of, you know, where you think he's going to be like this year, like, is he like a trustworthy player at
2: all? Like, what are you doing with Rager, I guess? I don't really think you can be too confident in him. I think, I mean, Devontae Smith has really good market share numbers so far. And then both tight ends are involved. Like, somehow, Zach Ertz had eight targets today. Um, <laughs> and then the running backs are involved, too. Quez Watkins is involved. Like, I just don't think – you. I mean, I'm holding out hope long-term that because the prospect profile was so good that maybe he'll have, like, a later breakout than, than we'd hoped for. But for this year in particular, I kind of think it's Devontae Smith is the only – Eagles receiver, you can actually depend on weekly, and then the other guys. Um, I mean, I, I like what Quez has done so far, but I don't really think either of those guys are overly uh, interesting.
1: Yeah, Rager is an interesting kind of problem because he's someone I own in a lot of dynasty leagues where, you know, if he doesn't start to actually produce. Sometime pretty soon this year, he's basically you know you could be looking at someone whose value is almost at zero uh, in year three. So, yeah, what are you guys doing with Rager if you if you have him in any dynasty leagues?
3: Uh, I do have him in dynasty. Um, The issue is, uh, man, that's a very good question. I don't. I think you kind of have to package him up. But like, who are you really going to be trading him for, right? Because I think everyone has seen just sort of how. How variable his actual play is here, right? And and he did he does fine when he gets like a lot of work, but it's just sort of not the same. I guess my 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 bigger question is, you know, like it's clear, like it's just sort of like what, what we've already talked about a little bit, right? Is that um Devon, like Devonta Smith looks like a grown-ass man on the field, despite being like what, like uh smaller than Jack, I guess. Like, yeah, like, and, my, like he's like my proportions pretty much. Yeah, exactly, right. <laughs> And, but like, he's, he's really, really good at, you know, just playing the wide receiver position, whereas Jalen Rager might be, um, almost having just like his usage is being kind of like taken over by what can Gainwell's emergence is, right? Like, and I don't know, like, I, I'm a little, like, I'm nervous, but like, I don't
2: know who you're trading for. Do you guys have an idea or like thoughts? I don't like perception around Jalen Rager is so low that it's like, yeah. It's it's not it's not easy to trade him because not many people want him.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, would you maybe think of like trying to package him up and get him on your team in a, you know for really cheap? Is that something you'd be looking to do?
2: Um, I mean, this is a cop out answer, but like, if it's cheap enough, I, I'm not going to lie, I'm not, I'm kind of pessimistic. Maybe not relative to, like, everyone, but, like, just in general. Like, mm-hmm. it has really not been a great start for Rager. Devontae Smith looks really, really good. Um. So, yeah, if the price was cheap enough, if I can get him as, like, a throw-in, I would want him. But he's not really someone I'm like, I'm like I'm going to go out and get Jalen Rager right now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. What about you guys? Yeah, it's...
1: I mean, I pretty much agree. It's so rare if he doesn't do something in in year two it's so rare to see these first round picks really become late breakouts especially when they're as bad as Rager has been like i mean you know you could get Nikhil harry for nothing right Mm -hmm. now even a couple years ago so like if that's what you're talking about then right it's almost more of a you'd rather have the roster spot um
3: and it's not like a Sorry for, sorry for cutting you off there, but it's not like a Christian Kirk situation, wherein he was playing through injury most of last mm. year, and uh, they prioritized giving the ball to uh, octogenarian Larry Fitzgerald. Yes, that's if my mm. memory serves me correct. That's who they were like trying to emphasize a little bit. Um, I mean, I guess, <laughs> I guess that like I guess their plan worked. They just needed a septogenarian AJ Green. I don't know, man. Like he's looking <laughs> like a man possessed.
1: Right. Hey, can we talk about AJ Green actually? Since he had a a pretty long touchdown today. I mean, obviously yeah. he's not on any of our teams, but
2: I wish he is was like wheels <laughs> up for AJ Green. Um I mean, I'm not gonna say wheels up, but he definitely looks like he's gonna be a thing. And then the thing about like a potential Rondale emergence is that they're mostly using Rondale more in the slot so like that would pose more of a threat to Kirk who's also had some big performances so it like yeah. as an outside receiver like AJ Green seems kind of entrenched and obviously I don't think AJ Green is anything special at this point in his career but so I would not like want to go out and get AJ Green especially like at his age I don't think the odds of him sustaining this for a whole season are very high but like if you have him and you like he? I think he is like flex viable. Like if you're desperate,
3: yeah, I, would, I too. Yeah, I I really do agree with you. The interesting thing here actually goes a little bit back to 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 DeAndre Hopkins. Last week, for example, he didn't practice all week and he played on Sunday, kind of in that decoy role. This week, uh, he was getting targeted before the Cardinals jumped out to like a 17 point lead. Then they kind of never surrendered from there, and they just basically shelved him to the side. Almost like they don't want him to injure uh, or or risk uh, aggravating an injury, because um, I wanted to see exactly what his injury is. I, I can I, I want. I want to be accurate when I'm reporting this, because he has. Uh, yeah, he has a rib injury, like ribs, and so I think they're just trying to avoid leaving him open to bigger shots to like, potentially get more hurt. Because this is a team that's. I mean, this is just sort of conspiracy theory type of stuff. At least just trying to read the TVs and figure out what the motivations are beyond curbing him uh like cur- curbing his usage and it's, it's like you know the cardinals are 4-0 and top of the division they're gonna need uh, a healthy healthy nuke down the line if they, they have division victory hopes right so so why not why not try and like prevent him from getting hurt a little bit more because you know it was a little surprising seeing him jump out to that 67 yards of like <laughs> receiving yards really really early and then he just sort of went silent right so Uh, do either of you guys think about that at all like in in that way or am I way off base
1: no I think that could be right Um, I mean I guess what's confusing is that you know Kirk only had one target Rondell Moore only had three like AJ Green has not been good before this game so I think it's a question
3: he was good last game uh, yeah he He
2: had like a hundred yards. Yeah, like, he's put together right. two, big games for a two good for games for someone like Aj Green. Yeah.
1: <laughs> all um, right, I stand corrected then. Aj Green's good. I, I, are you guys buying this first. Max Williams stuff? <laughs> Actually,
3: I mean, he Max is, Williams is doing it two two weeks in a row. As he well. is. He is.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. He had like ninety five yards or something a week or two ago, which, and then he had sixty six and a touchdown today. So, I mean, with how tight end is like. I guess I guess Max Williams has to be on your radar, um, right? Sadness, yeah, yeah. If you, yeah. you want to avoid the, the, just the
3: true sadness of that position, you just get a guy in a fast, fast-based offense, right? Mm-hmm. And then and, and, and send some prayers. Um, on the other side, I the only guy really we have interest here is uh, Daryl Henderson. Um, you know, I was. I kind of psyched myself out into believing that, oh, Sony Michel showed something. Nah, man. This was like the Darrell Henderson show regardless of rib injury. And he also had like six, six targets today. Like, is this the kind of usage you're going to be buying going forward? That basically as long as Henderson is good to go, regardless of being, you know, on IR, like, is this what we should be expecting?
2: Like, bell usage. I think Henderson is kind of like, like, you have to start him. You, like, he is... Every time he's been on the field, he has been like McVeigh has just absolutely ridden him. Michelle had three carries today. Henderson had fourteen. Um, Michelle looks like doesn't didn't have a target. Henderson had six. So yeah, like I'm not gonna say that he's gonna maintain like just an absolute monopoly like he did today, but like he does look like he's like the very clear RB one at the moment. Yeah, he looks ridiculously good
3: and. Um... I sat him everywhere, by the way. And in a couple of leagues I started Sony <laughs> Michelle. Like it's just been a banner day uh, for, for good for good decisions on my on my part.
1: Um Michelle, it looks like did lose a fumble in this game, so I don't know if that might have something to do with his low usage for for much of the game, but but I mean I think you're exactly right that when when Henderson's been healthy, he's been the guy. So he's probably gonna be the guy going forward. Yeah, it's it's it's
3: definitely like he's interesting um I'm sorry Ben Grash but we might need to talk about this Van Jefferson being a nuisance thing. I think he <laughs> really has he really has curbed uh he really has curbed uh Robert Woods. Man, the the red lights were really there for Robert Woods. Like, we all just like sort of ignored them again. I don't know what, what 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 were your thoughts on on Robert Woods this this off season, Jack, and like where are you with him now?
2: I thought I didn't really. I'm not gonna. I thought Cup and Woods should have been valued like the same, and so I was more on Cup, but I didn't expect like this level of a fall off for for Woods. Um, and then he bit. He did like basically nothing the whole game today, and then I think like near the end he had. Like three catches for 30 yards yeah. and a touchdown on one drive. But like for yeah. the vast majority of the game before like absolute garbage time, he was
3: basically worthless. That that actually kind of sums up his usage this season too. He's like he gets like these spitty like rushes or or these spitty like two catches for 15 yards, like after the game is like in the fourth quarter. Right. Like it's been it's mm-hmm. like, you know, like like starting him. Has been like an absolute nightmare. Um, just because you don't, because like you're holding on hope, but you know, we're, we're four weeks in, this is who he is. Um, you know, like we, we don't have much of a season left. And that's, uh, I mean, like to keep making like, oh, maybe you can write it out, you
2: can't, right? Like you have to make a snap judgment. Um, yeah, I think, I, I mean, it, it looks, it really looks like the Cooper Cup show. So I think Woods, I mean, you like, most teams, I think, might have better options at this point than Robert Woods, right?
3: Yeah. Um, and, and speaking of t- t- target hog wide receivers, um, switching over switching gears to Seattle, 49ers, Debo Samuel, he got eight of 12 targets for 156 yards and two TDs, right? Um, Jack, like, this honestly, this is kind of like a one-man target tree, right? It's Debo Samuel, then it's George Skittle, <laughs> and then it's like most, most in, I don't know, yeah, right? You guys. Yeah, do you guys have any thoughts? <laughs> and then it's like ten, and
2: then it's like ten guys, and then it's Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, like, so, so I mean, so what happened here? I mean, it it, it really does look like it's just Debo. I mean, Ayuk's snaps and routes returned last week, and they weren't t- at the same level. I think this week, um, this is just I, I think I saw somewhere that. Ayuk was still, like, running around and playing most snaps, but not, like, every single snap like he did last week. Um, but it does seem like Debo has just taken hold as the, the very clear wide receiver one and then Kittle, um, the second option. But, I mean, I think the big news from this passing offense as a whole is that Jimmy G is out for a couple of weeks. Yeah. And so... I, I think Lance is like great for fantasy purposes, but it I am a little bit nervous that this is gonna be a very run heavy offense and that maybe Lance, who was not like he would like he was seen, you know, as not as like developed as maybe a Lawrence or a Fields type. So I do have maybe more reservations about the passing offense as a whole than most people from what I've seen. Um and that's for the pass catchers. Like, I think for fantasy purposes, Lance's legs make him, like, a very good option. Um,
3: yeah. I 100% agree with you. It it, it seemed like he did have um, eyes for – mostly for, for for Debo, right? And then a little bit of Ayuk, but Ayuk couldn't make anything. He got nothing going today, man. Like, he got nothing going. Mm-hmm. That's also with, like, Kittle playing through a pretty serious injury. Yeah. Um, i agree with you on on lance's like he you know they were in full of you know in full form the weirdest thing is like kyle you is just popping up and taking over all those <laughs> like like rb yeah. targets man like it's kind of it's really frustrating um but
1: but it is i, I mean i started use check in scott fishbowl today that's I believe how pathetic it. my team is
3: <laughs> i believe it um I mean, I mean, Kittle did himself, frankly, did himself no favors, right? He had 11 targets and he only converted four for 40. Like maybe he should have sat this one out, especially, Mm -hmm. but, but, you know, on the flip side, like the Seahawks keep these things very, very close. Um, A guy who I've been pressuring the Pentagon to pick for some time has been Alex Collins to take him off of waivers. Um, And now we might have to pay a little bit to get him off of waivers uh, in the one league where he's available. You know, you sort of saw him come in um, when the when the Seahawks had nothing going on the ground. He was twice as effective as, as Chris Carson. And he actually saw, you know, caught both of his targets for 34 yards. Is this someone you're interested in at all, like from a waiver perspective?
2: Um, you know, what are your thoughts on, on, on Alex Collins going forward? I think so. I think, I mean, Penny went on IR, I think, yesterday. So yep. I don't, Travis Homer the last few weeks has been actually running routes. But it looks like Collins had two targets today which i guess isn't really anything and then he did have that touchdown run, and he looked really good on that touchdown run so i'm kind of curious to see um like i don't have the numbers right now if collins kind of marginalized travis homer um and and took over as the clear backup and then maybe even more than that like he looked like a legitimate threat to carson today so i think i definitely would have some interesting in alex collins
1: yeah Sean was kind of beating the drum for Alex Collins all off season. And I guess because he didn't he didn't really have much of a role in week one, kind of uh if if I did have him on any of my teams, I probably dropped him by now. But uh definitely someone who I think you should be paying attention to, especially if you're if your running back situation is bad as as mine is in most places. <laughs>
3: I was saying that we should have picked him up last week on waivers.
1: And I was did ahead you? of the
3: curve on, on CPAT. It's in the emails. You guys gonna read these. I try and keep <laughs> them really, really quick.
1: That's true. E- Hassan had keep Hassan keeps talking about all the things he did wrong today. One of them was benching Kenneth Gainwell, but he did make up for it by starting uh Patterson over him. So
2: all off I mean, season. I, I it it I am tilted that Cordero was a wide receiver on underdog all off season.
3: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean he's still getting used like a wide receiver. I mean, there's actual impetus for him to be labeled as a wide receiver, even though he was technically a a, a, a running back, right? But like they should go with what the team is saying. But we, yeah. we did we we did pick up CPAT. I did say that we should be considering Alex Collins. Now we might have to overpay for him. We did mm-hmm. we did really really pay a lot to get Ramondre Stevenson in one league. Like I think, like eighty-five percent of a fob, and now he's like inactive for this game. So we yeah. did a really good job. So good job, us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was that was just great. But uh, but you know, I, you know, just to round it out a little bit, with like running back talk here. Um, so Alvin Kamara, I think, had a career high today in rush attempts, twenty-six times, and he mm-hmm. had one hundred and twenty yards. The weirdest thing, just absolutely no targets. Like he's being used like a traditional between the tackles grinder. And I think, I think this is why his ADP was fairly low to start off the season, right? People were really worried about this New Orleans offense. They had no idea what it was going to look like. There was like a like the base case for Camaro was like, yeah, he should be a first rounder, but how high should he be going? And then you get to, you know, come two weeks before the season, everyone's just sort of like pants off, dance off, for like Alvin Camaro. like, like, you know, like
2: what is your outlook on him going forward? Because it's clear that he's not going to return that like early cost. Yeah, I mean, Jameis Winston set a season high in pass attempts today with 24. Like, they just don't, <laughs> they just don't throw. Um, yeah, like, he's he's had, this isn't in order because I don't remember, but he's had 20, 21, 22, and 24 pass attempts. Like, they just don't wow. throw. And then Tony Jones also got hurt today. Um I honestly forget who their RB3 is, but, like, Kamara is going to get just a lot of targets. I think he's going to smash. Like, like I mean, the last few years, it's been Kamara and Latavius. Like, it has been, they kind of split targets. the work. Like, no, carries. Yeah, that's, like, the issue. Because Kamara's value is really in the receiving game. He
3: had oh, zero yeah. targets today. Like they, like, they gave targets. They gave three targets to Ty Montgomery. Remember him? They gave mm-hmm. three <laughs> targets to Tony Jones. Remember him? DOA. They gave one target to Dwayne Washington. There are seven targets over here that went to that that went to running backs, not named Alvin Kamara. Taysom Hill had two targets.
0: (laughs) Like, Um, like,
3: not Alvin Kamara. Like, 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 hypothetically, not even hypothetically. Like, like Alvin Kamara is the best receiver on this team, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Marquez Galloway, Deontay Harris, Juwan Johnson.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I don't know. yeah, okay, it's, it's especially troubling to see this in a game where the Saints didn't even win, right? They lost to the Giants. Gave the Giants their first win of the season. So, like, it's not like they were even playing well. And, I mean, I don't know, maybe not targeting Camara has something to do with that. But, I mean, you would expect them to, in any kind of game, I mean, in, in a game like this especially, you would expect them to be a little more uh, a little more aggressive with the weapons they have so yeah I don't this is I don't think this is good news for Kamara but
2: I think yeah I think it's definitely bad news like it's it's literally like they've made him just the between the back the between the tackles grinder I think he's gonna crush like his career high and you know market share of carries but he's not getting the targets Um, you would think with this receiving court that they would like Find like creative ways to get on the ball. They're not doing that. And then I was actually wrong. Winston had 23 pass attempts today, so they're also just <laughs> also just very slow, very run heavy. um Which yeah, definitely not good. Like, like what what I was trying to say earlier is that like the previous years it's been Kamara and then Latavius like splitting carries, and then Kamara has been like the passing down guy. And this year it seems like they've just flipped that where now it's like Kamara workhorse on early downs, and you know. Getting him Time the recovery. ball, getting him the ball is as a receiver is like second priority now. Mm. Yeah, because
3: because the the Giants actually on the other side of the ball was Saquon, who's been you know trending back to normal almost. Like now, I think he's like you know good to go. He gets a pretty nice stretch or like an easier stretch of players. Um, he had you know 13 carries for 52 yards and, and a touchdown. But more more interestingly, at least um, on my side, was the six targets that he turned into a five seven like got five of them for 74 yards and a touchdown, right? Like like Jack, like where are you at with Saquon Barkley? Like do you think he's gonna return like you know high end RB numbers, RB one numbers going forward? Like what like what are your thoughts on him?
2: I think he's like back to where he was prior to getting hurt in 2020. I mean his market share number like he is like an absolute workhorse right now on a market share level like Devante Booker I guess had one catch today but like Saquon is dominating carries he's dominating targets um I mean the only thing that could hold him back is like this offense and the offensive line but the volume is going to be amazing and then he's obviously a fantastic player so I think Saquon is is back to what he's been as like a high-end RB one. yeah buddy
1: another guy in this game I want to Want to oh, touch no, no. on?
2: I know, I know who you're gonna talk about. It's
1: gonna be Tony, yeah, of course. I mean, <laughs> nine targets, and he wasn't terrible. Um, yeah. I didn't see the game, so I don't know how many of them were like touch passes, but uh, you know, 78 yards on six catches. Um, he's someone that Josh Norris convinced us to draft in one of our Pentagon leagues, and I'm sure we dropped him by now. But well, we
2: hear the first river run, sorry, Josh,
1: yeah. <laughs> But I mean were we were we just dead wrong on him?
2: I think it's too early to say that. Maybe <laughs> I'm just not taking the L or something, but I mean it, what it took for Tony to get on the field was Sterling Shepard who who looked like the Giants like real wide receiver one and mm-hmm. Slayton both getting hurt. Um like uh, Tony definitely looked better than I thought he would today. But I don't think once, especially once Shepard is back, he's going to take over the slot again. And he was getting ridiculous target numbers early in the season. So I'm not, this doesn't change my opinion of him long-term too much, but like maybe in the short term, as long as Shepard and Slayton are out, like, yeah, he's, he's a fine option, but um, for the rest of the season, I think it'll be Shepard again once he's back. I think it was
3: helpful that Daniel Jones played really well. Um, you know, Kenny Galloway got in the mix there with uh, uh, catching six of his seven targets for 116 yards. John Ross came off of IR and put up like a, you know, got three of his four targets for 77 yards and a TD, right? Like, so it was good to see, I don't know, this this is probably like the best game of Jones's uh, of the season so far for Jones. So kind of interesting, right? Like uh, with Saquon getting a little bit healthier, like it's good, like there's a lot of, value to be mined here i guess so make sure i guess tony is rostered in 12 team leagues if you're needy at wide receiver
1: yeah certainly jones is best passing game although he actually scored more points in week two but uh that's another another guy that probably is worth talking about because he's looked um most of the season apart from really last week he's looked like you know qb1 level um fantasy quarterback i mean are we okay starting him
2: yeah, I think I think so. I mean, he's he's running too. He only had four carries today, but like most games, he's been running a lot. So yeah, I, I like I like Daniel Jones.
1: Words you never thought you'd hear on Road of His Radio
2: <laughs> for fantasy, at least.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, anyone else we want to talk about? We didn't really. We touched on Cordero Patterson, but I want to get some more some more thoughts on him and how sustainable this kind of performance is. I mean, obviously you're not expecting three touchdowns every week, but is he, I mean, should we be thinking of him as like an RB one, like top 12 running back in fantasy?
2: I don't think so. I'm trying to find a tweet. Oh, here it is. Okay. So this is Dwayne McFarland um, at PFF. So today Cordero played 30% of snaps he ran a route on 29% of dropbacks, and he had 22% of rushing attempts. Like, he just really had, like, really ridiculous efficiency. um, Like, like like really ridiculous. Like, not just, like, normal. He had, a, a like, an, an efficient game. Like, this was almost unheard of from an efficiency perspective. Um, so, I think Cordell's like, a flex, but I definitely don't – I'm not going to go crazy with him
3: um Frank Duffy says this conversation is the most run Tony's gotten all year and that is actually true folks uh it was actually it was like looking pretty bad for him for for quite some time um Jack I just wanted to you know just push back just a little bit on that because I do think like Cordero Patterson reminds me quite a lot of uh that big breakout season there for for Raheem Mostert right like when he was getting very limited touches very limited work um and then he just sort of has the speed to take it all to the house um Full disclosure, uh, Cordarrell is our RB two in a bunch of leagues. We just lost Damian Harris. Um, don't know when he's going to be back. He looked pretty hurt on that play. Um, so you know, so we're going to be probably uh, scrounging around at running back. So, so I I do agree with you that he's a flex option for people who who don't ignore the RB two slot because that's what we did.
2: I think that's can, Like I think if you do like the whole. Um, you know, at risk of getting canceled, modified zero RB. Um, <laughs> I think he's like a fine RB two, especially. I think yeah, I think he's a fine RB two if you're like really hurting a running back. But in most instances, I think you have to look at his performance today with like a great deal of context and skepticism. Yeah.
1: We haven't really done this before, but we can talk kind of breaking news now, like. If Damian Harris has to miss time, um, you know, since we did bring up spending a whole lot of money on Ramondre, uh, is he where you would be going for, uh, if you're looking for a Patriots running back?
2: Yeah, did, da- did Damian Harris get hurt?
3: Yeah, it know, looked pretty bad too. Yeah, him and Jacoby Myers, oh. uh, they had like a, they had like a tangle. Myers is playing through it. He's really gutting through it. So, like, I'm really genuinely impressed. But Damien Harris looked to be in a lot of pain. He has yet
2: to come back. The, okay, so this is what Nathan—I I might not pronounce it, Nathan Johnkey John, like the, the PFF guy. P- he mm-hmm. just tweeted out like 20 seconds ago that Damien Harris was in for the kneel down. Okay, so he's uh, back in. All right, so he, interesting. Good. He, so he should be—he should be good. Yeah.
1: All right. So when will we see Ramondre then?
2: Never. I mean, with Belichick, <laughs> like it might
1: be never. <laughs> it's a good, good use of your Fab to go all in on Ramondre and then not get to play him.
3: Hey, 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 hey! You can't take the Fab with you; it's not going anywhere. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's a good point. All right. right. With that, we will call it a night. Thank you to our guest, Jack Miller. Uh, Jack, what do you have going on this season?
2: um yeah i'm doing some work for mbc sports edge um a couple articles a week there and then i'm doing some prop betting type stuff for establish the run uh and then my twitter is JackMiller02. uh i think that's all the like self-plugging stuff mm-hmm. i've
3: got he's really underselling it you guys gotta go follow him because he's got a lot of really good usage tidbits bits up there Thank do yourself you, a favor me. and get smarter <laughs>
1: definitely yes definitely follow jack go check out his work uh you will definitely be a better fantasy player for it all right that'll do it special thanks to jack miller i said that already thank you for uh tuning in catch us next week same time